Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome in. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen along with Matt Verderham and a special guest we'll introduce in just a minute. Happy New Year. Verderham, I feel, I feel like I got to get this right off the bat here before we introduce our special guest. I'm sick. Looks like I uh, might have the COVID again. It might be strep throat. We're not sure, but it's not a good time. So uh, if I sound a little different, if I'm a little low energy, apologies. But um, I was questionable for today and I managed to, to get in here. So I hope everyone appreciates uh, this is my, my flu game. Well, if it's a flu game, then you should at least be halfway decent for this podcast, which would be a start. Um, <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I hope you feel better and Happy New Year, uh, whether it be a COVID or strep, which like at this point, depending on how you feel, it's when you like, are you almost like hoping it's just strep, but then like strep sucks or are you like, if it's COVID, you might get over it faster. So like, which, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's strep, I can go get some, some antibiotics and then that might take care of it where like COVID kind of drags out for 14 days and I got to worry about all that. So I, you know, I don't know, man. Um, I just hope whatever it is, it goes away soon. If it's strep, I'm gonna have to go get the test and then I got to go get the antibiotics and do all that stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm testing negative, but I got all the COVID symptoms, but the throat's really sore. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. That's uh, that's not good. That's no, not good. I, I hope you uh, I hope you feel better. I'm glad you're able to, to make it to the podcast. We have uh, a lot. There's a lot going on. Uh, in the NFL. So it has not been a a quiet week. Um, But uh, obviously, look, before we get in, there's like a third person in the podcast. People, I'm assuming knowing who uh, this person is, it's my dad, Lance, who is uh, in in town for the week, joining us uh, here. It's kind of like a late Christmas out here in Illinois. And Maisie's thrilled because she got about 50 more presents. But uh, yeah, figured jump on. We have a big announcement, which is not my dad being here. That's a special guest. There's a lot uh, going on this podcast today as well. But thanks to everybody for uh, joining us today as we 
kick off the new year with a a really really busy podcast yeah it's super awesome to have your old man here who uh, you, you, your calls with him up until we started doing this podcast um and doing halftime shows the halftime calls with you and your dad were, were legendary at the office i remember you used to go outside and pace yeah you know I, I couldn't hear what you were saying but i could see the animated conversations with the old man yeah well things uh things haven't changed now it's just during the game you know on speakerphone while i'm working so it's yeah. uh you know, the Chiefs, even though they win a lot of games, they give you a lot to be animated about is, you know, they, they just can't stop turning the football over, which we'll, yeah. we'll get into. But yes, yeah, we uh, always watch the games together. We'll be able to watch this one on Saturday. We were looking forward to watching the game on Monday night. And then, of course, the, you know, the, the, the tragic situation with DeMar Hamlin, which thankfully, though, today, great news. Yeah. He's responsive and he's uh, awake and he's alert. And I know there's still ways to go here, but seemingly on the uh, on the upswing. So that's great. Of course, that situation also, from just a pure football standpoint, creates a whole host of questions as to what's going on moving forward. Uh, but the most important thing, obviously, is that he's getting better. And that was a that was a, it still is a scary thing. Uh, I I can never remember seeing anything like that. I don't think anybody has. So wild, wild, scary, uh, unfortunate night. Yeah, very much so. And we're glad that he appears to be improving. And we'll keep our fingers crossed that that um, you know that improvement continues. All right. So we're going to get to the Chiefs football. Before we do, we have to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Casey Beer Company. But I want you to listen. I know you've heard this read a million times. Verderam's drinking a pills. Lance is drinking a pills as well. I can't. Yeah, Schwartz beer. I mean, I could, I could drink right now, but it would probably be un- unadvisable. So really awesome, incredible special announcement. You might have seen this coming. The Arrowhead Attic Podcast, myself, Verderam, Sterling, Matt Connor, we went out to Kansas City a few weeks ago when we did our live show at Tanner's Bar and Grill, and we collaborated with Casey Beer on an Arrowhead Addict beer. It's called Arrow Red Lager. There's the there's the front of the label, boys and girls. Look at that. There's the Arrowhead Attic logo there for the A. Uh, it's a red beer for the Red Kingdom. Kansas City Beer Company teamed up with Arrowhead Attic to bring you Arrow Red Lager, the perfect beer for Kansas City playoff football. Crisp and refreshing with a slightly sweet caramel malt character. This beer is perfect for tailgating, game watching, and post-game podcast listening. Prost. Verram, this is a high watermark of our career. I, th- I thought it was when we went and covered the Super Bowl, you know, that was that was it. But would you agree that this has surpassed that as the pinnacle? Of our yes. Profession? Yes. Uh, it's uh, it, it surpasses the Super Bowl. Although I think it's, I wasn't the one with the Chiefs on the Super Bowl, so it's close. But uh, this this might have it. We're, look, this beer is happening despite my my grain fiasco at the at the brewery, yeah, where grain right. was lost. I I ended yeah. up turning into a janitor that afternoon. But yes, yeah. very excited. Uh, can't wait, can't wait to get a whole case of it. Can't wait for everybody to, to give it a shot. Couldn't couldn't be more excited about it. It's uh it's really cool. I'm I'm really happy Casey Beer uh, joined us. Yeah, we we made this like literally. I mean, look, let's be honest here. I mean, we when I say we made this beer, we we literally did have a hand in putting, you know, putting the the, the grain in and and <laughs> we hit some buttons and we were there, you know, while it was while it was being uh, done. The crew at Casey Beer, Chris and everybody, they did all the actual work. Um, <laughs> but we 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 you know, we supervised, we were involved, we helped name it, we helped uh, pick out what kind of beer it was going to be. It's uh it's going to be 5.2% ABV, 18 IBU. It's uh, it's a Nuremberg-style red beer in Germany called a rote beer. Um, so it's an easy drinker, uh, and we used a red X malt uh, to produce the red hue that's worthy of the Chiefs' kingdom. This is going to be coming out 
I believe on the 10th, we've got a video coming out in a couple of days here that we'll be releasing on social media. You can see some of the behind the scenes stuff that we were uh, with us at the brewery. It was an absolutely incredible time. I, I'm going to get as many cases as they'll give me. I believe it. I believe it's only going to be available there in the, in, you know, they're not, I don't think they're packaging it and distributing it to stores. So you have to go to Casey beer when this is released to get some, it'll be there in the pub until it's gone. And I don't know if this will ever get made again. So, um, you know, yeah, just a heads up on that. Uh, Clint McKenzie for the super chat. Incredible. Honoring Damar Hamlin, Lance Verderam, the whole AA team, and all of Chiefs Kingdom. Clint, so grateful for you, man. Everything yeah, you thank do. Thank you very much. For the show. The original thank PR uh, man of the podcast. Yes, he is. Original PR man. Um, thank you so much for that. So the beer, I, you know, again, you saw the label. More to come. Keep your eyes peeled on the Arrowhead Addict Twitter account if you're not already following at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Addict. I don't know what you're doing. Me and Verderam, Sterling, Matt Connor, Adam Best, all of us will be, will be keeping you guys updated on the details, but I'm just beside myself. Uh, Sterling, I actually just talked to him on the phone a little bit ago. He was at, he, he stopped by to pick up some beer and they let him taste it. He said the beer is fantastic and it's still lagering. So the longer it lagers, the better it tastes. But Sterling was there and he actually, you know, it's so great. We saw it when we were there. They've got the taps like right in the side of the big vats of beer and Sterling just got to go up there with a glass and they just pulled the pulled the lever and and the beer came out right. I mean, as fresh as can be, absolutely incredible. What a, what a lucky son of a bitch! I uh, you know you know I mean look it's you know it's it's illegal to ship beer across like, the state lines. I think it is. So it's going to be. I might have to drive seven hours just to sit there. But I will tell you this: if I drive seven hours, I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, like yeah. I'm going to basically sit down and 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 put my my rear end in the seat for the entire uh, opening the, the length of the opening hours essentially, and I will be there. Um, I can't wait. I can't believe they they did this. It's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I listen. It's it was well done. And, um, they did it. They quickly turned it around. The whole deal. Um, yeah, I never thought we'd have a beer. Uh, made after this podcast but here we are and i'll tell you what i just want to say when we say obviously we have a, a business relationship with casey beer co um but when i say that the people at casey beer are people that you want to support like you you know and like us you That's want to true. support a podcast these are good hardworking people chris who was it was his idea was brewing this beer i mean he was just in there working his ass off all day long on his off time yeah, like they weren't yeah, even open. Yeah, like when right. we were there with them, they weren't even open. It was a weekend. It was a Saturday yeah. morning, and they came in and opened. And we're nice enough. To be, hey, you guys want anything? Like whatever you want. Like we were, we were sitting there. AA may be in need of AA. Sitting there at about nine thirty in the morning, drinking at the bar. But I mean, they were. They were open. They, they couldn't have been nicer. They couldn't have been more accommodating. I, I couldn't agree more with you. So, so if you want to support us when this comes out, go down there and buy some. I mean that that would be the, the the biggest tribute you could do to us if you're in the area. Go down there and and stop in and say, "Hey man, I want this. I want this uh, Arrow Red Lager," and uh, and thank them. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Um, all right, let's get into some Chiefs football. But first, I got to ask, Mr. Verderam, do you miss those? Because we'd start doing this podcast and we always do a halftime show. Do you miss those those halftime chats with your son? Do you guys still find a way to connect in the middle yeah, of the we game? Do. And and one thing I do want to say, this show makes it so much fun. Whether my son was involved or not, I want to thank all the the viewers out there. It's like a family, like you've said before, Patrick. Um, I watch religiously, watch every show, and seeing the people from all over the world, seeing fans that are fans of other teams, like Axon Jackson, I see him on all the time. Um, I just want to thank you and Matt for having me on, and uh, love the whole the whole crew. Uh, you know, Matt Connor and Sterling and Adam Best, and it's it's a, a pleasure to watch. And even if I didn't have my my son here to watch i i would definitely be watching this podcast and all the the people who are part of it including all the the fans so it's it's a, it's a lot of fun but we always find ways i mean we're still uh yelling at the chiefs over the phone during the game or you know praising them uh, depending on how the game's going but it's been a little rocky the last uh, couple games saved the seattle game so it's it's crazy right like i feel like i'm I don't want to go so far as to say that we're spoiled, right? Oh, we are. <laughs> but we just have you, such you high Patrick, Not to interrupt, you are in the sense that as a longtime Chief fan, my first football game ever watching was the Chiefs winning, uh, you know, beating the Vikings in the Super Bowl. I was a kid, had never watched the football game before. A lot of kids were always, you know, they were saying the Vikings are going to win. I was always that underdog kind of guy. Watched the game, have been a Chief fan ever since. But after Hank Stram left, if uh, – you look at the cast of characters until Marty Schottenheimer came in. Uh, Andy Reid gets me a little upset like everybody else sometimes, but I'll take him any day of the week compared to what I've lived through, barring a, a handful of, uh, not even a handful of coaches for this team. So Yeah, I, I mean, we're definitely, look, we're, I, I'll be the first one to throw my hand. Like, we're, we're extremely spoiled. Like, this team is 13-3, and three, and all I do is, during the game anyway, get annoyed with them because they turn the ball over or they, you know, they take some penalty or whatever, or they have like a ridiculously imbalanced offensive play call disparity. Like when in reality, like most fans around the NFL are like, well, our quarterback stinks and our coach can't read and our defense can't stop anybody. And we're seven and 10, you know, I mean, like, look at the Raiders, like, you know, like not even like pile on, like just genuinely look at the Raiders, right? They go and they make the playoffs last year in a year where so much went wrong. In some cases, just tragically wrong like with Henry Ruggs in his situation. They make the playoffs. They they have this this interim head coach in Rich Bisaccia who's never been like a head coach candidate. He's never been out there doing interviews. They go to the playoffs. They take the Bengals to the limit. And then, and then they just decide, like, no, that's enough for Rich Bisaccia. We're going to bring in all these other guys. We're going to bring in Josh McDaniels. And they're just immediately right back in the toilet. And now, like, who the hell knows who the quarterback's going to be next year? And it, as a Chiefs fan, like a lot of us are sitting here and like, understandably, they're 13 and three. And we're like, well, yeah, but they're not winning the right way a lot of the time. You know, and it's like how many fan bases would love to live that way instead of the way they have to live? Especially on top of the the long run of ridiculous success that they've had since Andy Reid's come to Kansas City. I mean, it's just it's not a fluke, right? Like you could see the way that they play sometimes and you're like, man, you know, if these one score games went the other way, they could have had a worse record. It's just they never lose more than four games. You know, I mean, it's 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 remarkable, and it's obviously it's a tribute to to Andy, the coaching staff, and of course Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's he's the common denominator here, right? For for, for some of this stuff, and you look at other teams that stack up against the Chiefs, and and they have similar 
games where it's one score games and they've lost half of them or 60% of them. And the chiefs almost never do. And it's because of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's, he's the difference maker. Well, the one other thing too, I don't think you ever just want to lose sight of the fact because the team is as good as they are. You go through the lean years, but you also realize that a team like this can be fleeting. I mean, even though maybe hopefully Patrick Mahomes is with the team for 15 years, you don't want him to waste any of this time either. So, as much as you're thankful they're as good as they are, you also don't want to see them waste all the talent that they have, even though at times it's frustrating, but you look around the league and you see these other teams and you say that if they play their best football, they can win the Super Bowl. And that's what you want to see them do. I think that's what it is really. Like you, there's, there's been so much garbage leading into the Andy Reid times. Like obviously I did not see you know, the, the Paul Wigan era, but I, I did live through, as a lot of you did here, like Gunther Cunningham as their head coach and Herm Edwards as their head coach and Romeo Cornell as their head coach. Like, it just, they were always such an afterthought. It's, you know, in the 90s, they were good, but you never were like, yeah, they're going to beat the Niners or the Cowboys or even the Packers in the Super Bowl. Like, they weren't good enough to do it. And now there is such an urgency. Like, there's just such, like, they can win. They can win right now. And obviously, with what's going on in the league over the last 72 hours or so, you know, there's all these questions as to, you know, what's going to happen? You know, because we all went into Monday night saying, well, if the Bills lose, the Chiefs are a win away from being a one seed. Well, obviously the game gets suspended. I think it's pretty commonly thought at this juncture that that game is not going to be resumed. If that game is not resumed, whether it's called a no contest or a tie, the Chiefs will be the one seed if they beat the Raiders. But nobody really knows what that means right now. Like, does that mean that they have home field advantage throughout? Um, does, does it mean they get a buy? I mean, there's been talk about eight teams being in the playoffs in each conference. So nobody really knows what's going on. Um, Albert Breer reported about an hour ago, he heard an idea that was getting traction was that they'd go by win percentage and that if the Chiefs and the Bills were involved in the AFC title game, it would go to Indianapolis as a neutral site game. There's just so much uncertainty. You don't really know what's happening. Um, and it throws everything into the flux. But no, this team for years has been amazing. And certainly this year, no matter how it shakes out and how what the one seed means, you're going to have the same feeling. Like if they play their best, they can win the Super Bowl. And there's going to be a lot of anxiety that goes with that. Yeah, with with the situation, um, when it pertains to, to the football element of this, we all know it's of secondary importance. But there is no fair way to do this. If they don't play that game, there's someone's going to get screwed in some way, shape or form. It will not be, there's no, there's no fair way to do it. A lot of things have been thrown out. Some of it's starting to get reported about that. One thing I saw floated today was um, that a team could choose, like the one seed could choose either the buy or home field advantage throughout. Right. And then the two seed would get the other thing. Does that sound fair to you? That sounds gimmicky. I will tell you this. So whoever the one seed is, they would choose the bye week. I mean, you'd yeah. have to. Play yeah. an extra, you play one last game. I mean, it, I think there's a question. And you'd still be home for the second round. So I, I think you'd absolutely choose that. I don't think that's going to happen. I could be wrong. I, I think it's either going to be just straight up, just look, we're going to cancel that game, win percentage, and just play it out as is. Or, you know, that AFC championship game goes to a neutral site, which there's part of me that thinks that might be the best answer. There's another part of me that, like, I'd hate to see that environment be like kind of like sterile or muted compared to what it could be, whether it was in Kansas City or in Buffalo. But I get it. Like, there is no perfect solution to this. And I, the other part of this, too, is we don't know what's going to happen in Week 18. I mean, the Chiefs could lose to the Raiders. The Bills could lose to the Pats. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things that could go. Or, or they could just get in the playoffs, and maybe the Bengals beat the Bills in a playoff game, and the Chiefs get upset, and none of this even matters. 
there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, but you're right. I mean, look, there is not a perfect solution. Somebody's going to be pissed and feel jilted, and that's that's reality. No matter who that person or team is, I mean, that's just that that's kind of the nature of this thing at this point. Yeah, and I feel like the the whole home field advantage thing it's secondary. Like it, it matters, but it's about the bye week and you know having to play one less game, injuries, attrition, all that stuff that matters. It's so much easier to get to the Super Bowl if you don't have to play that extra game. And so there's just not really a fair way to do it. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I I I think that you know the Bengals they had a shot at the one seed. Yeah, and as you pointed out, we have to wait, wait and see how Week 18 plays out here. But even now, if you were like to let another team into the playoffs, well, teams have been making decisions based on the rules that existed previous to the situation. So like guys have gotten put on IR because they're like, we're not going to the playoffs, season's over, that might be able to come back if their team made the playoffs. Like situations like that. Even the thing with with Derek Carr, right? Like right. The, Raiders were, the Raiders would be one of those teams that might have a shot to get in. They might not have made that decision. So... Like that's really I I can't I can't see them expanding the playoffs. That that just seems like way too much chaos for me. Yeah, I probably agree. I think they'll probably just go by win percentage. Look, if I'm here, let's put it this way, this is a Chiefs podcast. If I'm the Chiefs, I am just playing this game to win. That's it. I am playing to beat the Raiders. You will guarantee yourself the best record, and then however the league goes, it goes. Now I think we're going to probably find out here tonight or tomorrow what's going on. They, they have to. I mean, these teams cannot go into this weekend blind. They have to know what the rules of engagement are here. I would think if you're the Chiefs, like you go out, you beat the Raiders. That's it. And if you do that, I would imagine, barring something really weird, you're going to be the number one seed. And then you you go from there. And if that means home field throughout, great. If it means a bye, great. I would imagine it probably is going to mean a bye. And if you're Kansas City, look, you sit there, you take the bye, you let everything play out, and you go from there. But I, I, I think in the end, listen, people have to understand this is an unprecedented situation. And the league is in a brutal spot here. Like this is not this is not something where like whatever the NFL does, like oh they really screwed it up. I mean you got you got to try you, you got to. I, I think the NFL's got to make a decision. That I think is true. But I don't like there's gonna there are gonna be people who criticize them no matter what, and I just disagree with that. Like this is a, like what are they supposed to do? As long as they don't go really off the wall, like I'll pretty much support what the NFL decides to do. Yeah, we're gonna find out. Probably soon, like you said. So right now, what the Chiefs need to worry about is just taking care of their business on Saturday against a Vegas Raiders team that got a little bit of a jolt uh, offensively. Still lost, but got a little bit of a jolt offensively from from Jared Stedham, which we're going to talk about in a second. Do you do you guys worry about the Chiefs laying an egg here? I mean, they were down seventeen nothing to the Raiders earlier this season. They had a a really difficult time with Devontae Adams and. We, as we know, despite being the superior team, they can play down to anybody. Are you are you concerned about them doing something outrageous in Las Vegas? No, I I, I think if they go in there and play their game, things will be okay. The the thing that I I don't know anybody knows the answer to is, you know, we look at the Bills and and the injury to Demar, but I, it seems to me that all these teams have felt that and. I don't know what to expect out of a lot of teams, Chiefs included, uh, going into this game. I mean, I think the Chiefs clearly are the better team. And if they play their game, I don't think it'll be, you know, that close. I don't really worry about the quarterback. Um, I, I would worry about it more if, if the Chiefs were playing 
with that being his first game against them, as opposed to him playing last week. But now they at least have some tape on him, uh, so maybe they can pick out some things. So um, I, I I think they'll be okay. I uh, I I. I have deep concern because it's just it's the Chiefs and I'm I'm just waiting for like multiple turnovers in this game. I feel like in the middle of the third quarter I'm going to be losing my mind because Jared Stidham just threw his like second touchdown passing so on for 240 yards. I do think they will win the game. I mean, we'll get into all the predictions and stuff. I, I think the I think the Raiders look the Raiders are going to want to beat the Chiefs in this game. Like I know it means nothing to them, but for the Raiders they're going to want to go out and try to screw up the Chiefs season, right? I mean that's that's what's left for them right now. And they do have Waller back. They do have Renfro back. Now, both those guys, even when they've been held this year, have not been good. Are they playing on defense for the Raiders? They are not, which is also a good point. And that's why I'm ultimately I feel like the Raiders could put the three of us in the secondary and you wouldn't notice much of a difference. But I, I do think it's a game. Like, I would be surprised if the Chiefs just went in there and beat them like 38 to 10. Of course, that said, with the way we've predicted this season with the Chiefs, that probably means that's exactly what they'll do. But I, I have a hard time seeing them going in there and just absolutely rolling them from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, look, as you pointed out in the rundown here, the Chiefs are 5-0 and in the division, but they've won those games by 16 points. And Jared Stidham, look, the 49ers, man, that defense was on an absolute tear. An absolute, like, horrifying tear. Shutting everybody down. You couldn't get a yard against them. Jared Stidham comes out there and he goes 23 of 34 for 365 yards and three tutties. That's a 10.7 yard average. He did throw two picks and they ran on them too. And the Chiefs had a hell of a time with Josh Jacobs. So who is this guy? Is this just like, you know, I mean, we've seen Mike White come in and light people up. It doesn't mean that they're a good quarterback over the long term. Are you worried about Jared Stidham, I can't believe I can't believe we're going into week 18 and I'm asking about that. But here we my, are. My answer is no. I'm not like I, I'm worried about him in the sense that the Chiefs have a long running history this year of just like making teams that aren't good appear good for a long stretch of time before they finish them off. But like, am I worried about actual Jared Stidham? No, I'm not. Like, there's a reason he's Jared Stidham. I, I can't. I'm not going to get myself worked up over this. I do think. The, the Chiefs, I, I think it benefits them that they played the Niners the way they did last week. I think the Chiefs will take them more seriously than if, as you were just saying, like if, if Carr had played that game against right. the Niners and they lost, and then it was like, well, that's Stidham's. And I feel like the Chiefs would just completely have let their guard down. They are going to roll them. So I do think that helps them. The, the other thing with the Chiefs is they know if they win this game, they're the number one seed. I, I would think there'd be some urgency like, hey, let's get a bye. Let's get a break here. But the NFL is a weird place, man. Like, it wouldn't be the first time some team went in there in that situation and got their doors beat. I remember years ago, the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Manning, 2015. The Pats went into Miami, and all they had to do was beat Miami, who was awful. And they were the number one seed in the conference. And Miami kicked their ass up and down the field for 60 minutes. So, you know, look, it's a divisional game. The Chiefs just made the Broncos look competent. The Raiders are better than the Broncos. So the Chiefs have to play well. I think they will find a way. But, yeah, I'm concerned for sure. I'd like to see the defense play better against the run. Jacobs had a really good year. And I think if they could hold him in check, and if Stenham has to be the guy, I don't know that Stenham's going to be the guy. So Yeah, and the Chiefs have been fairly good against the run this year. I think they're a top-10 run defense. I think they were like eighth as of last week, something like that. They did have trouble with Jacobs, though, the first time. Matt, do you think that the 49ers last week, did they go into that game not respecting Jared Stidham and his ability to get the ball down the field? And, and maybe it was a little bit of their game plan. Maybe they should have been a little bit more weary of 
some of the weapons that the Raiders have on offense? I, I, I think it's a natural like, – like, the teams will never admit this. Nobody – like, they're human. These guys are human. I mean, if, if Jared Stidham comes in for Derek Carr, you're like, yeah, he's not as good, right? And he's not as good as him. But, like, he played really, really well in the game. I absolutely think that, yes – there's there's always a natural inclination to go, yeah, all right, whatever. This team quit on the season. They're going to get beat. Don't worry about it. And then it's hard to turn that on in the middle of a game. Like, all of a sudden, the game starts, and now their team is confident, and they're playing well, and he makes a couple throws. I'm like, that is one thing in this game with the Chiefs. If they leave them in the game early in this game, you will see the Raiders hang around for a while. Like, I, if I'm the Chiefs, my if I'm Andy, I've got the best – 15 to 25 plays I've got to start the game to try to just bury them quick, you know, 14, nothing get up on them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for the Niners, yes, I think there is always that level of like, ah, eh, yeah, they get the backup quarterback in there. They're falling apart. They just put Jones and, and Paramount on IR. Like they're not, they're not even going to play hard. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're down 10 points in the third quarter. And it, it, it gets on you like that in the NFL. But this, the only thing is this is the kind of defense that I think Mahomes will be able to do whatever he wants. If they block Crosby, they have no pass rush. They have a bad secondary. Even if Stidham does do well and they score points, I just don't see them outscoring Kansas City. I I just don't, especially in a game that could mean so much to the Chiefs moving forward. So, Well, one, one stat that is interesting, and we were talking about this actually the other night, Crosby, I believe, has 11 or 11 and a half sacks. Uh, nobody who's going to be active for the Raiders – on Saturday, has more other than Crosby, obviously, has more than one and a half sacks this season. I mean, he is yeah. it. They have 25 sacks as a team for the year. So, I mean, and he's got half of them, basically. So, I mean, this is a team that without Chandler Jones, who's on IR, he's not going to play in this game. Like, it's pretty much like do whatever you have to do to block Max Crosby. And if you can do that, there's nobody else. I mean, there, there, there's nobody else who's going to threaten you at all. Like they don't have a pass rusher outside of Crosby, the level of Mike Dana or Colin Saunders. They, I mean, anybody. So I do think that is a salient point. Like the Chiefs might give up twenty-seven points and still win by two touchdowns. I mean, that, that, that's very real in this game. Yeah. Um, how much does, in your opinion, as we get into this, let's just start previewing the game: Chiefs versus Raiders. It's a nine-point spread. The Chiefs being the favorite, of course. Over/unders fifty-two. That's a lot of points that Vegas is expecting in this one. Uh, uh, how much do you think, Verderam, that um, having Blake Bell back matters as far as stopping Crosby? It helps. I mean, he's a really good blocking tight end, right? So, look, I think if you're the Chiefs, you're doing whatever you have to do there. You're doubling him. You're blocking with Bell. You're blocking with McKinnon. You know, Kelsey goes out, gets a chip. Like, they'd be out of their minds not to do that. Crosby's it. They have nobody. And if Mahomes has time against the secondary, he's going to throw the ball all over the field. I mean, that. They're not going to cover the Chiefs in this game, so yeah, I, I think I think Bell's a, a good point. Like they'll they'll definitely they'll definitely help out in a lot of ways. I, I can't imagine they're going to go, okay, Andrew Wiley, it's all up to you, bud. Have fun. Like I would imagine you're going to see uh, some doubling and some chips and you know whatever else, you know maybe some rollouts, right? I mean, just to kind of take him out of the play. You'll see a lot, and you should see a lot of that. I mean, other than Crosby with Jones and Perriman not on the field, I'm not saying this to be funny. They literally don't have one notable player on that. Nate Hobbs, a nice young corner. They have nobody. I mean, Crosby is it on that defense. And I think you saw that Brock Purdy lit them up like a Christmas tree. So, yeah. I mean, you know, they, I mean, as great as Sidham was last week, they still lost. Why'd they lose? They gave up 37 points. So, yeah, Brock Purdy's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think uh, obviously the Chiefs, they've been able to execute on offense 
and move the ball on everybody they face this season. Now, sometimes they've struggled in the red zone or they've made you know knuckleheaded play calls or bad decisions or, or turn the ball over. But if they do those things, they should be fine here. I mean, as you've noted in the rundown, <laughs> Raiders defense, 25th in yards per play, 22nd in yards per attempt, 16th in yards you know, of YPC, uh, 12th in blitz rate, 25th in pressure rate, 30th in sacks, despite having Crosby, because as you said, they have nobody else. 23rd and third down percentage, 27th in the red zone. How do you attack this team, Verderam, if you're the Chiefs? Do you want to try to run on them a little bit as well? Uh, happily. I happily attack them because I, I look all over the field and go, we can win there. Um, no, you know what? I actually am going to go away. I don't normally go because I'm always screaming about they don't have enough balance. I would come out in this game and I would just start firing. I would try to just put them into an avalanche of, of points early in this game. Like I normally I'm, I'm a very big believer as you guys all know. And of course, you know, I get my ethos from you in a lot of ways. Like, it's a lot of like I always believe in like if you can run the ball, it opens up a lot of things. I know there's this this current age thought of like no, you pass it. I I will always believe if you can run the ball and you bring an extra guy or two down in the box, it changes everything about the numbers throwing the ball. And with a guy like Mahomes, if he's got numbers, forget it. He's gonna he's gonna dice you up. But in this game, I even with numbers, I don't think the Raiders can stop them throwing the ball. I really don't. Like I would just double cross me going nuts in this game. I just throw it and throw. I mean. And then maybe after, if you can get a lead, you can get a 10 or 14 point lead, then I'd start just pounding the ball at them and just say, all right, now pound the ball, maybe get the balance attack going. But I, I would actually come out in this game and spread them out, try to do everything I could to make Crosby as, as little of a factor as possible and say, you got to stop him from picking up 10 yards on three downs. Good luck. Have fun. That, that, and I would just try to demoralize them from the start of the game. I like it. I like the aggressive approach. Um, I would like to see them run a little bit more. I thought they could have run more on Denver. They had success against them the first time. That, shout out for the super chat from Bumpa. Chip Crosby every pass and test their trash secondary deep downfield. Also, is Hardman and Tooney playing? Love the podcast, guys. Uh, thank you. Hardman was activated, Yep. Uh, and he's on the roster now. That doesn't mean he's going to play, but he's taking up a roster spot. What's the latest on Tooney, Verderam? Tooney I haven't heard much on. I did speak to a source on Hardman and was uh, earlier in the week, to be clear, and was told that uh, the activation was very likely, which ended up happening, obviously. was also told he feels pretty good. He had a little bit of a setback last week, a little soreness. Come back now, was able to practice this week. There's a hope. There's an internal hope that they can get him on the field, even if it's just for a handful of plays. Um, now, might come down to a decision of how valuable is him, is Hardman being out there for five plays to them? How valuable is that compared to having another guy in the roster who could play potentially more snaps? Uh, but with Sky Moore being deemed out, I think that helps Hardman's chances of being on the field, right? I and mean, I think that helps, you know, you need another wide receiver anyway. So I think that probably helps Hardman's cause of being active. I would not expect to see him a ton in this game, but I think you might see him for you know, whatever, a half dozen, dozen plays um, where they kind of just work him back. And this is all about getting him ready. And I think, by the way, with Tooney, same deal, like he's dealing with that ankle. That ankle's been on and off. Like, especially if you know you win this game, you're the one seed. I'd probably not play him, frankly. I mean, Nick Allegretti can more than handle the Raiders' defensive tackles. So I would I would actually just sit him. Unless, unless Tooney really feels like, hey, man, I'm good to go, then fine. But if he's even like 80%, I'd sit him. I'd sit him. I'd let him relax this week, next week. I mean, that that's why that number one seed, as you mentioned, and you're right, is so important. Like, you could, you could just rest everybody. All these guys have been dealing with bumps and bruises. You know, you know, Canary's Tony, I know he's back, but, you know, that, was, that hamstring can always pop up. Like, more time to rest. It's 
more time to get right. Like that, that to me is key. I wouldn't press anybody into duty that's not ready. And the injury report is out just a few minutes ago. So uh, Sky Moore is out. You know, he's limited yesterday, didn't practice today with that hand laceration. Legarius needs uh, questionable. He was limited again today with the hip. Joe Tooney, again, limited, questionable. Nick Bolton's on the injury report, but he practiced fully all, all week with a rib. Harrison Bucker, who did not practice on Wednesday with a back issue, was limited. He is questionable. And McCole Hardman, limited again, questionable. And as you pointed out, that's it. It's week 18. That's your injury report. All of those guys were limited, ex- with the exception of Sky Moore, who has a hand laceration. Right. So that's going to heal by the time you're playing a playoff game, right? Let's not, not to interrupt you, but let's also like, Let's also be real. If this was a playoff game, they'd all be playing. Like, right. it's not like these are injuries where you're like, I mean, maybe more would not know about his laceration, how deep it is, or whatever. But also, not to make light of any injury, because back spasms are very painful. Chief special teams, I think it's fair to just say just always questionable. Just, <laughs> you know, like, who the hell knows if they're going to show up this week? But no, I think in all seriousness, um, Chiefs are extremely healthy. I mean, you look around the league, you know, the Bengals just lost Lyle Collins. The Bills lost Von Miller. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the Bengals also lost Chidobia Awuzie earlier in the year. Their best corner. The Chiefs are for a, a team in Week 18. That to me is other than you know, yeah, you want to win and everything. Get out of the game healthy. If they win by three points, but they're healthy going into the playoffs, that's as big of a win as you could possibly get. It is often a war of attrition in the NFL, and the fact that the Chiefs injury report is so small right now, and I'm knocking on wood here, they haven't had any catastrophic injuries this year, is absolutely incredible i mean they have been very fortunate and that is often when you look at teams that win super bowls you look back at their year and you're like well they were pretty healthy that year and i remember the year the chiefs won the super bowl was a very good year in terms of health for the chiefs with the exception of the mahomes injury which scared the bejesus out of all of us and i don't even like to bring up or talk about but uh he came back and it was good so you're right get through this game win it however you can do by hook or by crook and, and hopefully everybody gets out healthy and you're in good shape with, uh, hopefully, just three games to go. All right, when we look at the Chiefs' offense versus this Raiders' defense, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs' defense versus Raiders' offense, it's a, all these numbers are a little strange because now they have a new starting quarterback, and that matters. Um, but the, the Vegas offense, seventh in yards per play, pretty good. Um, they've allowed 29 sacks, which is seventh in the NFL, 12th in yards per attempt, 19th on third down, 27th in the red zone, Six in yards and eighth in points per drive. So this is an offense that can score. Devontae Adams is is a stud. Josh Jacobs has had a terrific season. Carr is a good quarterback. Stidham played like a close approximation of Carr against the 49ers, can, uh, complete with Carr's tendency to turn the ball over through a couple interceptions. Uh, how do you attack Verderam if you're the Chiefs defense and Steve Spagnolo in this game? Do you go all out after Jared Stidham or do you say, Hey, let's just try to take away Devontae Adams and stop the run. What would you do? You've seen more football than me. I'd like to see him take Adams out of the game. Matt knows I'm I'm a bigger believer in Spagnola than most. I, you know, have lived in the New York area for a long time and watched what he did with the Giants. And there are times I watch some of his game plans. I I do scratch my head a little bit. But come playoff time, his teams always seem to play really well. Um, but I'd like to see him take Adams out and just rush with the front four. They seem to be doing really well with that lately and see how it goes. If you got to ramp it up later, then, you know, you bring a, a, an extra guy or two. But um, I'd see if they could cover first and and see what the, the front four could do as far as getting pressure. So, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably double Adams on every third yeah. down, you know, make sure you have a guy over the top of him every play. And then 
You know, the Raiders offensive line is not particularly good. I mean, Colton Miller is good, and they're very good run blocking, but they're not a great pass blocking line. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm thinking to myself, Carl Optus has five sacks in the last six games. Jones, bar none, is the best defensive tackle in football this year. So I think you're probably looking at a team that you go, all right, look, you know what? Let's play straight up. Like the last time they played the Raiders, one thing that I do think matters. Now, let's be honest. Waller played like a series and then went out of the game. Now, Renfro was there. He played the whole game, so it was Adams. We all remember the last play of that game. Uh, but I, I would also note Willie Gay was not in that game for the Chiefs, and neither was Trent McDuffie. And I think that's a big thing in this game. Like if I'm the Chiefs, I would put McDuffie in the slot on Renfro. And they've shown – they've moved McDuffie all over the field over the past month. I'd put him in the slot on Renfro, and I'd leave him one-on-one. I feel like he can can cover him. Um, having Gay – I think there's a there's a big chance to cover Waller. Now the problem is that Chiefs love to pull Willie Gay off the field on yeah. third down, and for reasons no one can understand. But if Snead is healthy and can go, and it was reported as a hip pointer, so it's not it can be a little painful, but it's not too bad. Um, easy for me to say. I I would have him travel with Adams in this game. I would have him travel with Adams, double when you can, and then like you know what, you know Mac Hollins, who's having a nice year. Like I I'd, I'd feel okay with putting Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson on him, and it, but I would roll coverage to Adams. Go with four guys up front. I think Jesus can just went up front that way. And then, you know, listen, you get him in a third and long or something, you want to heat up Stidham, that's fine. I would try to get Stidham to hold the ball, confuse him, and throw him and throw the ball into some tight windows. And hopefully you get a pick or two. I, I agree with you, and, and particularly with Lance. Just rush four and, you know, do do an occasional throw something exotic at him. I, I don't think you need to go into – cover you know zero blitz like getting all crazy in this game because the way that they can how are they going to hurt you in this game big runs with josh jacobs and Devonte adams beating you deep so don't allow that to happen take that away and then you know i think about it like a lot like madden you know jared stidham's coming in and like yeah he's got Devonte adams but he's got that low awareness rating and you could take advantage of that by not giving him any of those easy throws and then occasionally you throw in that blitz with legerius sneed or a willie gay blitz right and just rush one extra guy and and have somebody coming from the side confuse them, and that's where you cause those turnovers. Um, either he forces a throw into coverage, or you get a you get a strip sack, something like that. I right. think that's the way to approach this. Make this guy make this guy make a lot of throws, make him move down the field over and over again, make the right decisions. I think the more times you force him to try to make the right decision, the better chances he's going to make the wrong one, and that's going to be a game changer. I will say, I think one advantage he's had in this game is Spagnuolo's defense is a pretty complex one. That is one thing. Like when they had Bob Sutton as a coordinator, they were very simplistic. They played man coverage, two deep safeties, not a lot of blitzing, like very straightforward. Spagnola throws a lot at you. You'll get now, and I get Stidham's been in the league for a handful of years, but he hasn't started a lot of games. There is a chance in this game that once or twice they pick him off just based on they just completely confuse him. You know, the Chiefs do a lot of post-snap rotations. They move guys around. They they make you think. And, you know, if you're Brady, you know, if you're even if you're a guy like Josh Allen who's seen Spagnuolo a bunch now, played against him a bunch, he might get you once or twice if you're one of those guys, you know, three, four times, whatever, depending on how many times you throw. But a lot of times you're going to walk the line and go, oh, I've, I've seen this coverage. I, you know, I, I remember he did this last time, and this is how the, the safety rotated. Stidham may look at all the film he wants. He's never seen this. Like, he's never played against it. They're going to throw a wrinkle in there that he's not ready for. I mean, that's going to happen. That is the one way the Chiefs might get a cheap pick in this game, or might get an e- or might get a a big sack because he holds on to the ball, you know, and he's looking and trying to figure it out. That is one thing I could see with Spags in this game because, to his credit, it, it's one of the reasons that I think it's hard for young guys to play in the defense because there's a lot going on, but it's also hard to play against it 
because there's a lot going on. And they give you a multitude of looks out of different formations. Well, and to your point and to Patrick's point, I think that's all the more reason why they just can't let them go up over the top and get big plays. If they have to move down with like a 12-play drive, I don't know they could do it. I look back to when the Chiefs played the, the Bills in the first playoff game, and as great as, as Allen is now, if you go back and look at that game, he had no clue what the Chiefs defense was doing all game long. I mean, he just didn't know. And I can't – I mean, Allen's a lot better than than Stenham is now. I mean, even even back then when he was a young quarterback. So um, I, I think that, you know, Spagnuolo will throw a, a, a lot of different looks at him to confuse him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And it's important to remember the first time these two teams played, Devontae Adams was targeted seven times. He only had three catches. Problem is, three catches went for 124 yards. Yeah. One of them being a, 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 a two touchdowns, and one of them being a 58 yarder. So, you know, if the Chiefs could cut that, cut those numbers in half, you know, to one catch, one big catch, or two catches, and and no, you know, one touchdown or no touchdowns, you're doing you're doing pretty well. And he had three. He had three catches. He had two really deep ones for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The one was Fenton on a fourth and one. To, oh, to be fair. I will never blame Rashad Fenton for. He's man on man with no help over the top. I, I mean, that's that's death. And then the yeah. other one, if you remember, Cook was late on help, and they had Jalen Watson on him. And to be fair, Carr made a great throw. I mean, the Chiefs actually had halfway decent coverage. Carr just made a perfect throw deep down the field. That's why I said I would travel Snead. If Snead's healthy, he can go in this game. I just travel him. I'm not. If I'm the Chiefs, like I'm not looking to put Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson on Devontae Adams. That is just a nightmare waiting to happen. Put Snead on him. And I would tell Snead, look, man, you take an illegal contact penalty on first and 10, you take a hold of it, who cares? Like, if that's the biggest, if you take two five-yard penalties, you give him another first down and it's first and 10. I mean, so what? Just don't do it on third and 15. You know, just just play your coverage. But I think if you're the Chiefs, you can, with McDuffie and Gay, and even to be fair, the safeties, while while they've been a big issue this year at times, I think, you know, could read cover Waller man to man on some plays. You probably can. I think for the Chiefs, you feel like with Renfro Waller, you can match up okay there. It's about doubling Adams and just saying, look, you, he is not going to beat you. And if he doesn't, be, and by the way, a guy like Adams, if he goes for five and seventy-five, that's great. Like I think sometimes people hear those numbers and go, well, that you know, you're not shutting him down. Then he's Devonte Adams. You hold him under hundred yards, keep him out of the end zone. You had a great day. That's fine. You don't worry about that. You what you worry about is a day like you had against the Niners, where he goes berserk. And now you're in a game where every big third down, he's getting the ball thrown to him, and he's, and he's getting wide open. In this game, the last time, Mahomes threw for just under 300 yards. He threw four touchdown passes, no interceptions. This is this is the closing argument for his MVP case. I mean, he might be able to sit this one out and still win the MVP, particularly with the, the, the Bengals-Bills game not happening. Those guys, you know, also in the race, particularly Burrow, who was coming on strong and not getting a chance to add to his statistics. But in this one... Mahomes is sitting here. He's coming into this game. Um, he's got 40 touchdown passes, 5,048 yards. Is this another big game from him where he tacks on 300 more yards? I know he's with he's he he's in the possibility to get the record, but he needs like what so for over 400 yards? It's like 437 or something. Yeah, that that's going to be a tall order. Um, but maybe what he tacks number, on. What number would he have to need in the second half for you to be like he's going to get it? He's going to do it. Like what number would it be? What what would be the number that if you're sitting there at halftime and you're doing a little you know back of the napkin math, you're like, yeah, it's, it's probably gonna happen. Man, I think um, I, he's got to be at three hundred at halftime. I think. So he'd need like a buck thirty-five, buck forty. Yeah. 
Yeah, just just because if, if he's got, I mean, it's the Chiefs, so he could throw for 400 yards in the first half and they could be down by three. Um, but I just feel like if he's at 300 at halftime and you're Andy, like you got to go and try to get it for him. See, ironically, the scary thing is for him to do it, the Raiders are going to have to be in this game. Right, they have to score points. Because if if they blow them out in the first half by any chance, by some miracle, or even halfway through the third, everybody's going to be screaming, pull Mahomes out of the game. So, you know, I think if he even has 200, 250 after the first half, but he's got to pour it on the second half for them to pull it out because the defense can't get it done, he may still do it. But that's the question. How long is he in the game? I will say this. Knowing them, they will be acutely aware of – what the number is and what he's got to get to. I mean, remember when it was like that silly, ridiculous, like national tight end day and yeah. the Chiefs were just feeding Kelsey like crazy at the end of the game, running him to 100 yards? Like they they know. By the way, Kelsey could break the all-time yardage record for a, t- for a tight end in this game as well. Um, there's a few things to watch. He could do that. Pacheco could get over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. So there's a, there's a few things, but obviously the, Mahomes is the one. If Mahomes only needs 150 yards in the second half, I would bet on him to do it. Because I could definitely see a scenario where, especially if they're winning by a, a, a healthy margin, where they're just like, "F it, just throw, just here, here you go. We're gonna give you like three drives, just throw bombs down the field. I mean, just go for it. We're gonna max protect, and we're just gonna let it rip. And if you throw a pick, who cares? But if they're in, if they're in a game like the Niners were last week, I almost think you would do it. Like I could just see him having a game where they say, you know what, Pat, throw it fifty times. Yeah, you know, you know it's. And by the way, you mentioned four touchdown passes. All four of them went to Kelsey in that game. That's right. I mean, that was a wild night. So we'll see. I don't think he'll get the record. I, I think that's a, a stretch. But would I be shocked? I would not be shocked. It is the right quarterback and the right team that I get to see him just absolutely gutting it all over creation. I think for him to have to do it, look, he threw for over 400 yards twice this season. Once was in the overtime game against the Titans where he threw 68 passes and they struggled uh, a bit offensively. Yes. Someone else scored 20 points in that game. Yeah, and he threw for 446 yards. For him to do it, they need a game like they'd play the next week against the 49ers, where he was 25 of 34 for 423 yards and averaged 12.4 yards per attempt. That, and this is the kind of defense, which I can't believe of all the defenses that he went off on, it was San Francisco. But that's yeah. the kind of game, and this is the kind of defense that could allow him to do that. He could have that kind of game. And that's a game that the Chiefs won, 44 to 23. So I, I could see a similar situation playing out. Remember that game was 14 to 13 at halftime. And then the chiefs yeah. went scorched earth in the second half uh, and scored 14 and 16 points in the third and fourth quarters respectively. So this, this game could very much go like that. We're sitting here at halftime and she's have a one point lead for Rams blowing his top. And then they come out and they, they finish it off. You just never know with him because he's, he's so great that they can just have one of these games you know, like, like they did against the Cardinals, where they just come out and pretty much like two drives into the game, you're like, yeah, they're not. The Cardinals aren't going to stop them. They're just not. Every once in a while, they have games like that with the Chiefs, where you just watch them, and within the first quarter, you're like, they're going to win because for no other reason. Mahomes is just not. They're going. They maybe are going to punt once. Like it's just going to happen. Would I bet on Mahomes to throw for four or whatever he needs? Four twenty-seven. You know, I think it is like no, I wouldn't bet on it. Would I be shocked if we're entering the fourth quarter and he needs twenty yards? No, like I, I mean, plus again, you know, with Andy, 
he's going to know how many yards he needs. Like if they're even within shouting distance of it, I can see the Chiefs just saying, you know what, let's let's just go for it. We'll see. But there's a lot of milestones to watch in this game. Yeah, I think um I think it's probably more likely that Mahomes goes for like that Jared Stidham remembers that he's Jared Stidham in this game and there's a high the Chiefs, likelihood of that, yes. Yeah, and that the Chiefs like I could see a, a line where Mahomes has like uh, 203 yards and like four touchdowns because the Chiefs force like three turnovers and he gets short fields and and that's it and he calls it a day. Would it would it be the all time best trash talking? Like if Frank Clark just really calmly went up to Jared Stidham for the game, like maybe like either know, during the coin toss or like maybe during warm ups. Like, Jay, man, congrats on the game last week. Just want you to remember you're Jared Stidham. <laughs> like that would oh, no. like, would that not like really f with your mind like in a serious way? Yeah. Like, like he goes back, oh my God, he's right. I am Jared Stedham. And like the Raiders <laughs> coaches are like, no, you're not. You're not. And then it's like, no, I, he's right. He's right. I am Jared Stedham. And then like four picks later, it's just a yeah. 38 to 10, just, just thrashing. I love it. Some, some serious uh, psychological warfare. All right, let's get into our picks for this one because uh, I feel like I want to chop off my head at the neck. I'll kick us off here. I've got this one Chiefs 27, Raiders 21. Uh, my explanation is I'm done expecting consistency from this Chiefs team at this point. What you see is what you get. They're talented enough to win the Super Bowl and hang with any team in the NFL, and they're also boneheaded enough to play down to their competition, leaving inferior games in the game well into the fourth quarter. I I think they'll give up a ton of yards to Devontae Adams. I think they'll make Jared Stidham look like a pro bowler. They'll probably miss a field goal or an extra point and have one inexplicable turnover, and then they'll win the game by six points. Yeah, I have it 30-24, to 24, so we we just tack on an extra field goal. I 100% expect four touchdowns out of that 30, though, and just an extra point that ends up in, like, another county of Nevada. So yeah. I, I I fully – yeah, 100%. Like, just a shanked field goal. I think one of those touchdowns, I swear I'm not even kidding, I think is going to just be, like, them fumbling the ball inside their own 20. Like, just any possible thing to keep it close. If they don't do that, if they don't turn the ball over and make a bunch of mistakes, I see them winning by a couple of scores. But give me, yeah, give give me thirty to twenty four in a game. I don't ever think you actually think they're going to lose, but you're just annoyed nonetheless throughout the entirety of it. So that that's where I'm at, and uh, that I'll see the floor to you. You, what do you got? I think for once <clears throat> the Chiefs are not going to leave us hanging at halftime. I think it's going to be thirty eight to twenty. I think the uh, Raiders will move the ball. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Jacobs. I think he's a really good back. Uh, but I think the Chiefs get a couple turnovers in this one, and I think Mahomes is going to go out there trying to prove a point and uh, end this thing as quickly as possible and take them out of the game. So I hope I'm right because uh, half times have been uh, half yeah. times have been a little rough lately. So I'm hoping for uh, a game where we can breathe going in the second half. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And my throat hurts too bad to scream. So, by the way, if you guys have any good sore throat remedies, DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Um, Jim. All right, Jim, yeah, yeah that'll, <laughs> that'll take care of it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us uh, for the Airhead Attic Podcast. We'll be back on Saturday, of course, with our uh, with our Chiefs halftime show and our post-game victory party if the Chiefs do what they're supposed to do. Again, if you missed it at the beginning of the podcast, we are releasing, a, 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 we collaborated with a beer with Casey Beer Co., Arrow Red Lager. It's going to be coming out, I believe, on the 10th. There's the label, producer Richard, quick on the trigger. It's God, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? That label. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, sorry for, for uh, I hope I don't pass this on to anybody. Um, but we'll see you guys on Saturday unless I take a turn for the worst. Thank you to Mr. Verram for joining us. Lance, awesome hey, to see you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. We'll, we'll have to have you on again and enjoy the time there uh, with the family. 
up there in uh in in northern illinois hope you guys have we a, will a nice thanks time thanks patrick i hope you feel better yeah thank you thank you we'll do for for matt verteran for mr verteran for producer richard my name is patrick allen we'll see you guys on saturday but until then as always go chiefs Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.